0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more.
1: This is TalkSport Daily.
0: Hello. Happy
2: Saturday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And of course, uh, remember you can catch me on Drive all next week. Some great guests coming into the studio include uh, current assistant manager at West Ham, Kevin Nolan, and pop superstar Olly Murs will be with us as well. So another big old week on Drive. Now we start the podcasty thing with Last Night's Football's England Welcome, Malta to Wembley. Here's how it sounded on Talk Sport. I should say I'm doing these podcast links before the game, so I think it's safe to say here's what happened when England beat Malta.
3: ago this week I was in this very spot, barely able to speak, barely able to comprehend what i just witnessed. England had been atrocious in defeat here to Croatia and as a result failed to qualify for the European Championships. Well ahead of this one tonight, England have qualified already with two games to spare, so sit back and enjoy England against Malta. And Malta with an
1: opportunity inside the opening 30 seconds, and it was a snapshot with the Left boot of them, bong, he's it not too far wide, a really good strike, Toma. it was in fact and he could and probably should have been, 1-0 to Malta
4: inside the opening 30 seconds. We didn't start well in terms of our use of the ball Um, and we were a little bit loose without the ball as well so we know we need to be better than that, we know we are, normally are better than that. Mark he to bring it forward. Then Foden
1: has stabbed it into the inside right channel, will make his way forward and it's driven in and in for an own goal. And England ahead inside the opening ten minutes just as they were into Harley. Paul Foden bringing it forward and he took a touch off Pepe and probably the frame of the goal and dribbles over the line. You talk
5: about rebuilding England. He is just, he's so lucky to have stumbled upon one of the best generations of players we are ever going to produce. And he is an ordinary manager, managing an extraordinary group of players. Well,
3: here at Wembley, England have been terrible. They've disappointed the crowd in the first half, and that's an understatement, but they do lead the game. They lead Malta by a goal to nil, an own goal to nil.
2: You can certainly see that the players have been told in no uncertain terms in England shirts to liven up a little bit in the energy that at least they're showing in the game. And It might not be a bad game for the manager. I don't know what he said to him at half-time. It might not been a bad game to actually wipe the floor with one or two, and, and collectively as well, because the performance is not, is not good enough in breaking this opposition down to actually go and win a trophy next summer.
5: Stuart Pearce is spot on tonight with what he said on the radio, and so are you not. Listen, uh, tonight's squad, he could have started again. Henderson and Maguire, the usual slow tempo, we should have battered them tonight. Full stop. But we started slow, and there was no intent.
1: The celebration is one of utter relief. Kane's 15th goal in his last eight games. It's his 40th in a qualifier for England. His 62nd for his country. And it's finally England two, Malta
6: Sometimes you just, you know, quite couldn't quite keep the tempo high tonight. But I thought second half we come out and controlled it better. Still probably didn't create as much chances as, as we'd like, but. Again, that we we take the three points, we secure pretty much the top seed, and, and we move forward to Monday.
1: But tonight they've got the job done after a fashion. The result was okay,
3: performance
1: not really okay. But England have beaten Malta by two goals to nil, and that will almost certainly be enough for them to be top seeds in the draw.
3: Tonight, when England nearly conceded in the first minute, didn't have a shot on target in the first half, Kane was booked for diving against Malta. VAR suffered a bit of FOMO, so took the attention away from England for a moment. Thousands left Wembley early. I'm fairly sure even Gareth Southgate was bored as well. England played like their favourites for the Eurovision Song Contest rather than the European Championships. Every England team can play badly. Tonight, this one just abused that privilege. Gareth Southgate, brace yourself, you're about to get some grief.
2: Now, let's hear from Gareth Southgate. This is him reacting to that win. Dangerous game, you're playing Goldstein.
7: Gareth, you wanted the three points, you got that, but you also wanted to entertain the crowd and I think it's fair to say that probably didn't happen. What did you make of the performance?
4: No, I think that is fair, Um, I'm not going to hammer the players for that. They've got so many matches, I think you almost self-regulate that they know they can win the game at a canter and sometimes there's a tendency just to do enough to get over the line and I think that was one of those nights tonight.
7: It's interesting you say that actually because some of the talk in our commentary and at half-time was what you were going to say to the players at half-time. What did you say to them? Because there were some suggestions that actually when they came out in the second half, there was a lot more intent and maybe you'd put a bit of a rocket up them at half-time.
4: Well, uh, just highlighted what they knew themselves really, that that's not the level that we're used to, that's not the level that um, we're capable of. Um, of course we we tried to um, look after a few players physically who've had a heavy load and we would, we would have liked to have done that a little bit more today um, so we asked one or two players to perhaps, you know, Fick in particular down the left to play in an unusual role and it was difficult for him to progress the ball so that also meant Marcus didn't necessarily have a link pass um, which was why we moved Phil in as the 10 at half time so of course Kieran then is more used to Supporting and uh, ha- has great quality with the ball as well. So, uh, you know, no, no surprise those changes were able to make us look a bit more fluid in the second half of it.
7: Yeah, what did you say to Vakaya Tomori? Because obviously it was a, a, an experiment. We talked leading into this game about, you know, central defenders coming in and playing in that position. At club level, but for, for Caio, he's not done that since, I think, 2017.
4: Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, he was on a yellow card, so I didn't want to take a chance in terms of uh, the, the second half of the game. But, um, you know, he builds down that left side quite often in builds in a three with Milan. Um, so it's not uh, you know, you're, you're probably five yards out of position. I know that's not easy, but also we need to we need to have a look at a few different options in that position because there, you know, there aren't a lot of left backs that are that are fit and playing.
7: You know what it's like when there's a performance like that, it, it, especially against an opponent like that. With all due respect to Malta, of course. Do you feel let down at all by the players that you gave an opportunity to? Bearing in mind, we've got one camp left until you select the Euro squad.
4: These players have never let me down, so um, not not in the slightest. Um, I, I know what it's like to be a player where you're qu- we're qualified, um, the, the opponent you know you can you can beat comfortably. Um, one or two are still finding their feet in international football as well. Um, so no way have these players ever let me down. This that that wasn't the discussion at the end of the game. We were we were frank about the need to be better and the fact we know that our standard is better than that. Um, there were also some good individual performances though. So you know I thought Trent was very very good with the ball. I thought uh, Mark Gurhey gave another very composed performance, I thought Phil was very good, and Cole coming on looked uh, very, very comfortable in the environment, so, um, you know, as a manager you've got to balance all of those things really.
2: On now to White and Jordan, who reacted to the breaking news that Everton have been deducted ten points for breaching the Premier League's financial rules.
8: In the last few moments, it's our understanding here at TalkSport and it's now being confirmed. Everton have been given a 10-point penalty after the Independent Commission hearing on alleged breaches of uh, Premier League profit and sustainability rules. The punishment applies immediately. So. Everton drop into the relegation zone, of course, as a result of that. Simon, I'm going to get your take on that in just a moment. But Everton, in the last few seconds, are saying, Everton Football Club is both shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League's commission. The club believes that the commission has imposed a wholly disproportionate and unjust sporting sanction. Ten points. Mm. that's what we've heard 10 points and that's been confirmed yeah the club is saying the club has already communicated its intention to, to appeal, appeal yeah. its decision to the premier league the appeal process will begin now they're 19 and a half million
6: over the limit right so there was a 105 million pound limit over three years with all the allowable adjustments that everton were allowed to put in there for the covid crisis they came in at 125 million Right? And the argument will be that there were stadium adjustments in there. All that's been factored in. So there were 19.5 million over the top end of what they were allowed to go to. And one of the evidences was put in there by Mashiri as saying that there was a desire to improve its on-field performance to replace the non-existent midfield that we've got. Right, That's Mishiri suggesting the reasons why they spent so much money is because of a non-existent midfield. They'll turn around and say, as Mashiri put into other evidence, led it to take chances with its profit and sustainability position. So the chairman has said, I spent a lot of money because we had a non-existent midfield. Yeah. And I'm taking that in isolation. That doesn't mean you can overspend because you've got a non-existent midfield. They're basically saying... So as Mashiri saying, argument. this
8: is why we did it.
6: This is what the a, a panel have put into their evidence at the end of their quantification for the reasons why they got 10 points. You did not... Miscalculates. You did not have allowable adjustments that were sustainable. You decided because you were in special measures for three years about how your football club run. You still decided to run your football club within reason, how you f- f- saw fit, and you took a risk that you would fall foul of profit and sustainability, and you have now fallen foul. And on the back of, back of that, you're entirely culpable. And on the back of a 19 and a half million pounds overspend, after all the adjustments that you were allowed to have for the COVID situation you're going to get 10 points. The argument is that Everton have falsified their accounts and there's real subterfuge in this rather than they've overcooked it in terms of what they think the valuations are. It does feel that 10 points is heavy duty because if they've got arguments, their accountants must be able to put up arguments. They must have been able to put these arguments up to file them through Companies House because they've signed these accounts off. And auditors would have gone through and said, these valuations, these adjustments have reasonable sustainability. Yeah. So it becomes an argument about whose accountancy point of view is right. And it does feel to me that that's the argument it's, that is turned on. Ten points is a bloody heavy penalty.
2: Here is how Everton fans reacted to that story during mine and Bentley's drive time show. Actually, it's mine. Bentley just gives out the sandwiches on that
0: plane.
5: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all I'm right. I think it's just good to to get it um to get it out in the open and find out what's happening. I don't think there's an Everton fan that will be surprised by what's happened. If there's an opportunity to kick Everton, then that's exactly what happens. And historically, the club have never stood up for itself. Matthew, so,
2: Matthew sorry, it's, just going back to what you're saying, playing devil's advocate, what do you mean if there's an opportunity to kick Everton? Why do you say that?
5: Well, I, I just, There's just been loads of examples of, you know, if, if, if there's a new rule come in, Everton will be the ones that will be punished for it. There's clearly other breaches uh, happened that, you know, have, have not have not sort of taken place. Anyway, you know, the point is, I, I just don't think people will be, Everton fans will not be surprised mm. by this at all. But actually, you know, probably doesn't go far enough because I don't think there's any danger of being relegated. The team, the team are doing well. And I, I think if anything, it's just going to galvanise people at Everton. And and it's it's an awful place to go. For an away team, when, when you know when, when when the club are together, so I just I, you know I, I just don't think it's going to be a problem, and they'll they'll see it through. All right, lads, you all know, right?
2: I'm great. How are you doing today? On the back of that news?
9: Yeah, not too good. It's uh, a bit bad news, but uh, I I must admit, if we're guilty of it, then I, yeah, ten points is probably right uh, to deter it. The only problem for me is it's the timing of it. I feel like um, I feel like. We were on the up. We started coming on the up when we got the news that it was getting investigated. Um, as soon as we get to a point where, I think it's an easy cop out with the Premier League because you go, if we take the points now, Everton fans will still think, ah, oh, it's okay. We're in a good place. We'll still stay up. So I think it's a bit of a cop out in that sense.
0: John, let me ask you a question though. Listen, I get what you're saying, but what would you have rather, than, as a Everton fan, get the ten point deduction now or go, I don't know, three quarters away for the season and just before, I don't know, ten games before the end of the season,
5: bang, have a ten point deduction?
9: Yeah, but I, I, I see what you mean, but we've got, you can do it start the next season as it's happened in the past, but you've also got, it's the international break, so for, as as an Everton fan, that if you get that points deduction today and we've got a game tomorrow, it's that game tomorrow is for us to react. We react, we either win, and then we think, right, it's okay, we'll fight this, or we crumble and then we're back in the relegation I, battle. I,
2: I hear what you're saying. I don't think it's a good time to do it because if you do it at the end of the season, and you're you're being deducted these points because you've breached the the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. There will be teams going down that might not be going down if they did it in the middle of the season. So I, I don't know yeah, if but, there is ever a good time to do it, John.
9: Yeah, but at the same time, in two months' time, they could turn around and say, "Right, uh, we were wrong. Uh, we take it back." Because I know I know we've appealed against it. The, the appeal could go through, and then for two months, we could have been in a relegation battle where we didn't need to be.
4: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.
2: On to breakfast now. Jamie O'Hara and Gabby O'Bonahall were joined by Formula One expert and personality Eddie Jordan. Who explained why the build-up to the Las Vegas Grand Prix has been such a shambles? This weekend sees Formula One
10: return to Sin City for the first time since 1982. The street circuit will see the likes of Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton rip down the iconic Las Vegas Strip in Nevada, past the Madison Square Garden, Caesar's Palace, the Venetian, and uh, Gabiag Bongla horse What about the Cosmo? Yeah, Ankur, yeah. Uh, the wind. Oh, it's so good out Stratosphere. there. Stratosphere. <laughs> been in all of them, we yeah. have been in all of them. Uh, but the first practice session uh, took place overnight and um, had to be suspended after eight minutes due to a dislodged manhole on the track. Uh, Eddie Jordan uh, has come on the show to kindly talk about this incident. Morning, Eddie.
11: Good morning, Eddie. Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, good. Not a very happy situation for Vegas, but nevertheless, it happens. Yeah, I mean,
10: does it happen, though, Eddie? Because, I mean, look, this is a major thing. They spent a lot of money on this. There's been huge hype around this uh, Vegas uh, the, the Grand Prix and started off as a bit of a nightmare.
11: Well, absolutely. You know, you couldn't have a, a worse beginning for something... A lot of talk about it. The drivers have never been really happy about the situation. They think it's like a, a circus rather than a Grand Prix. It's been created for that reason, of course. The hype in America with Formula One is massive now. It's gaining huge traction. But, you know, we've already had two races. We, we have, um, you know, Miami. We have Austin. And to have a third race, Las Vegas, I really, really think that it was pushing the boundaries. And... Um, Sadly, at the moment, uh, you know, it could turn out brilliantly for them. But at the moment, it's it's not looking good. And um, what we have to think about with this manhole cover, it's not the first time. I remember 1983 in, in Macau in China, little Formula 3 cars. But the ground effects that these cars have, they can suck anything up. And a manhole cover just right. is not, even if they need to be welded down. And I can't believe the authorities or the race organizers hadn't Check this, and they must have. So it's something, you know, I don't know what the current ground effect uh, with a Ferrari or something like that must be absolutely massive, because to be able to haul up a manhole cover uh, unaided is something huge.
10: Mm, Eddie, I mean, look, they've got a four-mile strip of um, you know these manholes that they're going to have to obviously look at now, and they've obviously delayed the, the, the practice sessions, but surely they've got to get on top of this quickly, right?
11: Well, Yes, and they will. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that I think that the infrastructure and uh, the quality of the people that they would have there looking after the track, first of all, they'd have to be uh, re-welded. I'm absolutely sure. I can't believe that the the, the, the race director would have allowed the practice to start in the beginning had the manhole covers not been secured to a certain level. But, you you know, you never know. Something gets missed or a a bad weld or... in the, you know, just a whole lot of sequence of different things can happen and I'm not there and I'm not privy to the information that they've got. Nevertheless, um, this is a serious safety issue. The time I talked to you about Macau in 1983. Now, how long ago was that? That's forever. That's 40 years ago. And and that car was sliced in half. It was just like going through a, a big machine in a sawmill. It just sliced the car, and the danger to that driver was something enormous. So you can imagine what the, you know, the trepidation that people are thinking about what could happen, what might have happened. Um, and of course, it was right to suspend it straight away. Uh, and they need to get on top of this.
10: For the for the fans that are listening, what's the circuit? it going to be like? Is it going to be easy to um, overtake? Is it going to be harder to overtake?
11: Well you know, this is something that a driver always thinks about it's coming towards the end of the season the season is already effectively in my mind, uh, one of the main reasons I'm not there is because the championship is over and Max Verstappen, I cannot believe that drivers will be um you know, they all want to win, of course. And they soon, once they put the helmet on and and they just click into it, uh, suddenly everything else disappears. So um, they will be trying as hard as possible. Um, So I I can't believe uh, that we won't get a good race out of it. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of situation about, you know, we've already seen a notification to the stock exchange, totally separate issue this. But nevertheless, Vegas has been... a disaster in terms of $500 million loss so far. Idea uh, had to be submitted to the stock exchange about the, 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 the cost to the company liberty that is put on this race. Mm. So, you know, it has ramifications all the way through safety for the drivers, the circuit, the the, the show, everything, but also the financial problems. Mm.
2: Well, that's it, game. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Gosling TalkSport Daily Podcasts at Post And we'll do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day and above. We'll be safe, everyone. Be safe.
8: That was a podcast
1: from TalkSport.